SAFM. My guest is Dr. Deepak Chopra, who's in South Africa, uh, to talk to us about the future of well-being. Dr. Chopra, thank you for your time. Welcome to South Africa. Welcome to Otherwise. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Very well. Thanks. Well rested, yes. I take it. Yes, I am. <clears throat> now, Dr. Chopra, I've, I've read quite a few of your books, and I wonder if one has to be in a particular way of self-awareness before they can achieve success after practicing what your theories suggest? I would say some people have to be ready to at least want to have that because a lot of people are walking around as if they're asleep. <laughs> they are literally functioning as uh, mechanical robots and that's unfortunate but uh, in order to expand one's awareness one first has to know that that's who one is as an aware being but once you start that journey then it's very exciting because it's unstoppable where do you start the journey though? because i think there's a particular I think point i would say anyone who's listening just now should take five minutes every morning close their eyes uh, put their awareness in the heart and ask themselves, who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? What am I grateful for? I promise you if they do this every day, they will start their journey. Now, <laughs> when, when we talk about the, the hunger for food, the hunger for love, the hunger for self-esteem, mm -hmm. hunger for acceptance and peace, mm -hmm. how do you differentiate those different senses of hunger uh, aren't they just one big hunger that we have in finding no, ourselves? No, there's a hierarchy. If you're extremely uh, poor, then, you know, you're seeking first survival and safety. Mm -hmm. If you have that, then you have ambition for success. If you start on that journey, then you want love and belongingness and then self-esteem and then creative expression and then higher consciousness and finally what the spiritual traditions call enlightenment. It's a progressive journey that starts with, uh, uh, with survival and safety. Can we measure the different stages of it? Yes, not only can we measure the different stages of human needs and longing, but we can also measure how that relates to things like career well-being, social well-being, physical well-being, emotional well-being, spiritual well-being, community well-being, and even financial well-being. Are you able then to suggest, um, and, and we're talking about well-being here, are you able to suggest ways, because, you know, in, in this country especially, and I'm so glad you're here, I think we need a, a, a huge magic wand to, to, to get us to work together and accept each other and be on the same uh, awareness level. Yes, uh, right now South Africa is 89 out of 140 countries, so it's really in the less than the bottom half of what's happening in the world. And uh, yet there are, as, you know, there are parts of the South African population that are extremely successful and affluent. What you need is a critical mass of people in these areas uh, that I just mentioned. You have to start first with uh, community and career well-being because if people don't have jobs and if people are not happy in their jobs or they're not using their strengths or they're not working with people who encourage them, then right there, you know, there's a block. 
if you feel unsafe in your community walking at night, if there is no community sense of cooperation, of working together, of service, then, you know, that starts to hamper your individual ability. So one has to start with those two. I will be talking about this at length, showing the research on it Mm -hmm. and what measures we can take as as a collective um, consciousness and how the leadership should emerge from that. Which, which of your books do you believe one can begin with to get a sense of, of uh, our, our road to wellness? Well, I've written several books. So one is called Perfect Health, the Mind Body It's, you know, the Perfect Health, the Complete Mind Body Guide. <laughs> Another one, which is very well known, is The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've recently also written something called Reinventing the Body resurrecting the soul as far as spiritual uh, work is concerned the book of secrets and recently the future of God I, th- I think the spirit the seven spiritual laws of success is 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 is, is a really good one to, to yeah, start that's with very basic what you write yes it, it is very basic and I think it's it's easy to understand but practicing these right. seems to be at the bottom of, of the success absolutely you know but of course the seven spiritual laws is very prescriptive it tells you what to do every day the laws of karma of cause and effect explain that every action sets off a ripple effect and uh, therefore if you choose your actions consciously you will create a great future for yourself and whenever you make a choice you create the future so uh, that basically is the law of cause and effect there's no choice that you don't make that doesn't have a consequence so when you're making a choice you should ask yourself if I make this choice, will it make me happy? Will it make other people happy? What are the consequences of this choice? And just that pause before the choice, mm. these days it's called mindfulness. Mm, mm. You know, I, I know we hear a lot, and it's, it's become the language that we speak these days, being mm. present, mindfulness, right. being, being conscious. Right. But, but, you know, people say it, and we talk about it all the time, but it actually, I think we're missing something. <laughs> We're missing being mindful of mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it, but you know, it kind of becomes part of the vocabulary. Mm. But on the other hand, I think it's a good start, right? Yes, it is. I mean, we, we, it's, it's become commonplace to, right. to, to talk about it in, 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 in all conversations around dinner tables, you know, at parties right. and, and, and those kinds of things. And how much does meditation have to do with it? It has a lot to do with it. You know, I believe that meditation is the first thing. That's why I said you sit down quietly and ask yourself those questions. That is called reflection, and reflection is a part of meditation. There are other kinds of meditation. We just mentioned mindfulness. Mm -hmm. You could be mindful of your breath, of your body, of your choices, of your mental space, of uh, your relationships, of the five senses. And then there are meditations that allow you to transcend. Or, if all that seems too complicated, just sit there quietly, do nothing for about 10, 15 minutes. You say it so easily. I mean, it, it just comes naturally to you. Mm. But the, the, are we evolving then? Because we're now starting to speak this language. Is, is it we, in- are, we are evolving. On the other hand, we have really 
created modern capacities that have not kept up with our psychological and spiritual evolution. So, you know, we have drones and you have uh, the situations like ISIS and you have uh, mm. mechanized death and you have atomic bombs and biological warfare and climate change and eco-destruction and radical poverty and social injustice. It looks like one could go either way. The human experiment might indeed fail. Um, unless? Unless we act as if the house is burning right this moment. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about, I know you don't have much time, you've got a press conference coming up. Right. Um, I'd like to know, um, and are you taking questions and answers at the, at the talks that you're giving? I believe there are going to be several thousand people, in which case, instead of doing questions and answers, I will lead the whole audience into a meditation, which will be much more powerful. Wow, can you give us a small meditation now? Say that again? Can you give us a small meditation now? No, I don't want to treat this trivially. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Chopra, and good luck. Enjoy South Africa. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Dr. Deepak Chopra, he's going to a press conference. I was very lucky to get him ahead of time there. Uh, he's talking tonight at Empress Palace in Johannesburg. And it starts, in fact, not tonight. It starts at 4 p.m. So go and be part of that uh, meditation. He's brought here, by the way, by Over International Events. And we'll talk to them about their work, hopefully sometime this week. And then tomorrow, he's at the Durban uh, International conference center um, at 4 p.m. as well and on Saturday he comes into Cape Town uh, International Convention Center and uh, that one is at 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoon so go and make your booking and and catch Dr. Deepak Chopra in South Africa and he's written quite a lot of books as I read them I still can't get to that level of consciousness I suppose I've got to try some more when we come back we're talking about sleeping tablets the good and the bad the myths and finding alternatives way of treating insomnia or restless sleep with Sue Fezzer who's a health researcher writer foodie and product developer of Nature Fresh otherwise on SAFM well, I was hoping Dr. Chopper would give us a um, so that by the time we talk to Sue Fisser, we probably have had some sleep and woken up. Sue, welcome. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't been asleep today because I've been writing a lovely article on sleep to, to help you on your way. <laughs> well, you know, I, I often, I've been tweeting so much that I've got this uninvited guest that comes and visits me all the time called insomnia and, <laughs> and never leaves and I, can, I cannot get rid of insomnia. But, and then it made me think of sleeping tablets because some friends kept saying, you know, you must take some tablets or and I'm not a tablet person. I'm, I thought there must be other ways of falling asleep. And in fact, uh, I got an article from a website, Dr. Chopra's website, that tells you the kind of things you must practice before you go to bed. And hopefully, I haven't tried it yet. And I'm going to try it this weekend and see how that works. But why? what happens during sleep that is so important, Sue? Well, I'm very glad that you consulted the experts. And for me, it's a hard act to follow because... Um, <laughs> Dr. Deeprek will will stand by the fact that meditation lowers our levels of cortisol. And cortisol, in fact, is the enemy of sleep. 
And so obviously you're one of these very proactive people, uh, Shadow, who just uh, can't finish the day and think you can do your homework at night when, you, when you're in bed, but you actually can't. Well, I try you, to do that. You, you try, but uh, there's, there's a difference between the active and the inactive state of, of uh, your life when you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And you can still work, you can still work, but you've got to know the trick. And the trick is to switch off the cortisol and to let go. And uh, as the saying go, goes, you let go and you let God. You, you hand your problems over to that interface. It goes beyond the quantum level when you sleep. Well said. How do I do that practically? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've written a very nice article and it's up on, on our Facebook page and I can share it and link it up with you. But we're actually going to, to go through the whole program now and find out how we should be sleeping and why we don't sleep. And then we can go through a troubleshooting and everybody can just write down what they feel is their field of problem and deal with it. And then you can seriously ask yourself, is a sleeping pill you know, going to get rid of the dogs barking? Is it going to stop the noises in your head? Is it going to control your platter? Is it, is, it, is it going to make you feel warm or cold at the right time? Is it going to adjust your pillows? I don't think a sleeping pill can do that. Well, why are they so popular? They're popular because all they do is they um, short-circuit the whole level of cortisone in your body, and it's still there, and it's still asking questions and going on and making a noise, and it's like gagging it like gagging cortisol. So you're actually cheating. You're cheating, but then you create a dependence as well. Of course you create a dependence. And um, I know people will say, oh, Shadow, just take a few sleeping pills. They work for me. It's wonderful. Mm. Before you know it, you're going to say, oh, I'm so scared tonight that if I don't take the sleeping pill, I'm not going to sleep, and I have to sleep because I'm going to be tired and restless and agitated tomorrow, so I need to sleep. I have to go to sleep, and off you go into the sleep. And you think, no. I'll just take this pill. And then your body actually hears you saying, oh, I'm going to take this pill and relaxes and it, it lets go and, and you can sleep. Now you're actually orchestrating all of that yourself. Mm, mm. So you're not actually dealing with the problem because it's going to be a, a, a perpetual problem. Well, taking the sleeping pill works. And I'll have to just share with you, I'm, I'm shortcutting my whole journey, my, my quantum route. <laughs> well, listen, I'm talking to you and you want to be driving this, this, this seat. Okay, so tell me what, where you'd rather go first. Well, I want to explain to you actually why you need your sleep mm -hmm. and how much sleep you need and without it, what's going to happen. Why do we need to sleep? I think I asked you that at the beginning. Yes, a third of our life is spent as, as, as part of body maintenance. And uh, it's servicing, you know, because we have all our energy here. We, we're talking, we're getting excited, we're active, we're eating, we're thinking, and we, we're doing. And your body stands back and says, oh, wait a minute, I, I need to digest your food. I need to send it down to the colon. We need to reabsorb this and this and this, and we have to boost your immune system. We do this. They've got their own agenda. Mm -hmm. So they shut us down so we don't interfere. And then the, the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system, they know that, you know, we don't have to tell the body to breathe or to do the things it does. But it actually can't compete with, with, with us and our activities. Mm -hmm. So we shut it down. And the, the, the better we sleep and actually get knocked out, the more effective the other processes can be. Because the sleeping produces a hormone like melatonin. Mm. And it has to be done in the dark. 
And, and one of the deficiencies of melatonin these days really um, expresses itself as cancer and a weakened immune system and horrible one, obesity. So you say it has to be done in the dark? Yes, melatonin is produced in the dark. Okay, okay. So, so the shift workers who, who, who swap cycles around have a very bad problem with, with their melatonin. And th- that is a case where pills are necessary and you need to supplement with melatonin if your levels are being compromised. Yeah, I was I was thinking of that. That mm. the, the people that work shifts. So when yes. they go to bed during the day, are you saying then they must find the darkest room in the house or make the room? Yeah, and and, and where um, these airplane iPads? It's very interesting that the sensors, the light sensors, are on your eyelids and the the pineal gland between the eyes, the third eye. Doctor Chopra knows what the third eye is. Huh? <laughs> um, they're sensitive to light. So if you cover that whole area with one of those nice strong iPads, not the latest ones like on Emirates, they're totally see-through. <laughs> it's a joke, actually. <laughs> it's like a transparent umbrella for the sun. <laughs> so you need a dark shutout of that light, and it'll help you. It will immediately improve your quality of sleep. You won't be affected by the light and dark. Okay, okay. So everybody who works day shift or night yes. shift. Or, or in case you've got a, a security lamp burning outside your house, and we all have lots of those these days, or you've got... You know these radio alarm clocks with the little blue lights? Mm, mm. Do they say that's awfully bad for us? I don't know if you've heard that shadow from I other have. people. Yeah. In fact, all electronics ought to they be... They take all the electronics out, and um, I've been picking people's brains for their best suggestions about sleep for this program, and, and one lady mentioned something that we don't even think about, and that's using iPads and Kindle at night. You know, we read in bed with these machines, mm. blinking little flashing lights at mm. night. Mm. So, so maybe and television in the room. Oh, if you turn on the television for me, I'm asleep. Really? I, I'm an embarrassing. I'm an embarrassing case. I'm not a normal person. I'm not epileptic. So. Well, I know well, a lot of people that have televisions in the room because they think it helps them sleep. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, we're not actually all created equal when it comes to sleep, and some people don't stress about it. And if you look at a little child or a cat or something, they can get into the weirdest position and just pass out and sleep and wake up well rested. And a lot of us say, oh, the mattress is too hard, it's too soft, we, we're not going to sleep until we've bought this and this and this pillow. Guilty my husband, he's just spent 500 rand on a new pillow with internal springs, and now he sleeps, you see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so are you saying that if I sleep well and I sleep more, um, I, I'm healthier and, and um, I, I guess my, my body has done the factories working while I'm sleeping, so that should give me better health. That should give us better health, and that's why you think, well, if I take a sleeping pill, then I'll sleep better, and then I don't need to take slimming pills and energy boosters and immune support and all the other things. Really? Antidepressants. If I take the sleeping pill and I sleep, then the sleep should take care of all those things. But 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 your your natural body takes care of all those things, right? It does, and the pills don't correct the underlying causes of all these conditions. But um, it is very very frightening the effects of sleep deprivation when it happens at a intense level. You know they used to have this Chinese torture. Yes. And yes. sleep deprivation, it's the worst form of torture, because they could drive people insane within a three about two or three days of just taking all the sleep away from them. And and they to torture prisoners into confessions and that that they get so desperate they want all the noise to stop so they can sleep. Um, they bang noises and throw water on mm, them and make mm. them move and continuously jostle them around. 
I've seen that movie. Yeah, it's horrible, eh? It's ugly. It's, it's very ugly. And even when you take a normal person like us, Shadow, and um, you, you deprive us of sleep for two or three days, we start to get fatigued, obviously, but we get depression, anxiety, irritability, our stomach gets upset, and we get headaches, and, and we just can't function efficiently. And that's a healthy person who has a good diet, who's very conscientious, who exercises and does everything they should do. Take away the sleep and you collapse because all our systems are supported by this mysterious place we go to for eight hours a day. Now, Sue, is eight hours the required maximum sleep or minimum? It's for, for Mr. and Mrs. Average, I'd say. Um, some people can do with less. Some people need more. And I don't know if you're one of the, the power napping or the afternoon catch-up no. resting type. I can't it's, risk that because that means I have no sleep at all. So I need to I need to get to, to bed the latest possible in order yes. to, to sleep all but the way. But then how do you stay awake long enough to get to bed late? Oh, no, that's not a problem with me. No, I, I switch on a really, really lovely movie I want to watch. <laughs> uh, Listen, and my head just goes to the side and my husband... Goes to you see, you have a husband. You have a husband, you lucky girl. Now listen, I'm I'm coming back to talk to you. Otherwise, on SAFM. We're talking about good sleep and sleeping tablets, uh, insomnia or restless sleep, treating it, looking at alternatives and finding them with Sue Fesse. Sue, uh, we're talking about the amount of hours you put in, but even before the amount of hours, is there a ritual that one can do prior to your bedtime? And uh, is it should it be regular or can you have alternatives? I mean, if you go out to a movie or you go out to the theater, you come back later than normal. So what, what sort of rituals does one need before uh, just to make sure that they get good sleep and how regular ought they, should they be? That's a very good question. And I think every magazine article I've ever read lists all the things that they think you should do according to the textbook and it all sounds very nice and I'll give you a shortcut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I spoke to a very wise friend of mine and she said, I just keep rescue remedy by my bed. Yes. And I put a few drops of it under my tongue. Now we all know the old box remedy, rescue remedy. The thing for shock and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it, it because you put it under your tongue it goes straight into the bloodstream. And it has this again, I think it works at a quantum level. I think people would you agree with me that it works at a quantum level where it's communicating with the stress hormones and it immediately cuts them out. Whereas a sleeping pill has to go through the stomach and get digested. And, you know, I'm one of these now-now people. If I take a sleeping pill, then I want to knock out now. Mm. So that's why I would never take one. Because I'd have to sit and wonder now, did I or didn't I, you know, fall asleep because of the pill? Or how many should I have taken? How many should I have taken? Yeah, well, I'm going to answer that question in a moment. You're talking now about the, the sleep routine. Yes, yes. I think that it is important to spend some time doing something that is going to let your body trust you. It doesn't trust us when we say, right, I've been to the movies, I'm late, I now need, oops, look at my watch, I've got six hours to sleep, and then I wake up, and then I'm mm, back at work. Mm, mm. Um, you know, then we're kind of overriding it. It doesn't matter if you have two hours sleep, Shadow, or four. It's up to you trusting your body and saying, look, you know, just talk to your body. Say, listen, I'm sorry, there's only four hours here. Over to you now, and let's make the best of it we can. So, so uh, you've got to actually 
shut yourself down. You've got to trust yourself and your body that if you haven't had enough sleep tonight, there will be a time when you can make up for it. That's the stress, you see, because you tell yourself it's late at night, I ought mm. to be sleeping. So you push yourself and force yourself to bed. And then your having... heart's racing, your eyes are rolling around, and you say, oh my God, I'll go in one, I'll sleep, I'll sleep, and then two hours later, you say, oh shit, I haven't slept. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that, that is a very difficult syndrome. And I've written about 10 different pointers now on this article, which I've got up on, on my um, writer's hub, to help people so that we're going to leave them with a reference, a click-on reference about all this, because they can't just take in from our conversation what to do, mm-hmm. because they're not all like us. There's different case scenarios, and in each one you identify where your problem area is. Now, you've already mentioned trouble getting to sleep. How much preparation do you need to get to sleep? Mm-hmm. Well, I just can sit at a dinner table, and if somebody's voice is soothing and boring, I actually fall with my head in the plate. Okay, so you're unusual. Or if I'm driving a car. Yeah, because I'm a narcoleptic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem falling asleep. <laughs> and within, within nine or ten minutes, I'm in REM, and I can dream. And often the dream gets mingled up with their conversation and then I open my eyes and say, oh my God, these people are still sitting in front of me. Well, stop boasting about your yes. sleep. Help us get yeah, to sleep. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, I also fall asleep during the day and it actually does affect my, my night's sleep because mm. if I sleep four hours during the day, um, I do get a gap at night. And now I want to lie down for eight hours and I've already had enough sleep because I've already dozed off during the most exciting movie. So then I also find myself wakeful. So the advice I can give to you is I don't care. I lie in bed and I say, at least, thank God, I'm lying in bed. And you start to count your blessings. It's also, you know, how the children have the little ritual we taught them, put your hands together and you pray. Hmm. Now, that's also part of a ritual of offloading. You know, forgive everybody. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Hmm. Um, Also, hand over all your daily problems. You hand them over to God. You, You send them to the big computer, to mainframe. And in the morning... You will have answers that have been processed while you're sleeping. And I'm not joking. A lot of people actually use sleep as a creative process. They, they, they hand it all over and they say, now it's nothing more to do with me. I'm just going to lie here and snuggle up. I've got lovely new clean sheets and, oh, everything is just lovely and comfortable. I've had a nice bath. And you can just switch off. But if you want to go through a, a sleep ritual, you can design your own ritual. And there's lots of things to help. As I said, rescue remedy... I really didn't know this or remember it, but it is very, very helpful. There are other bath remedies that are more personality specific, and you can go to a health shop and they'll help you find which one relates to you. Okay, but so... they will shut down the cortisol. A few drops under the tongue, these things are, they work beyond what we call medical science. Well, should one uh, consult their GP first to find out? You can out? consult the GP in his white jacket with his solemn face and his stethoscope. Yes, trouble sleeping. Now, I'm going to prescribe sleeping pills for you. And out comes this jar, and it's scheduled, yuckety, yuckety, yuck, and you read all the adverse side effects, and they're not very nice. They actually even make you sleepy and and disorientated during the daytime. You can lose your balance, um, not to mention your well-being or your sex drive. There's lots of horrible things happen. When you take a, a sleeping pill, you could at least sleep over them. Are we talking about all of them or are there others no, that are no, better no, than the others? No, more serious ones. But the, the, the average, what they call the Z pill, 
you know, the, the, the common ones. I don't know any. I'm, I'm, I don't either, but, you know, I'm I don't. <laughs> I don't know any. I'm just, you know, people talk about them, and I, I don't know what they are. I don't, I don't do tablets, period. No, no, sure. Well, I, I, I do if it's calcium and magnesium or something. Oh, yeah, those, yes. Yeah. But they call them Z drugs, the non-benzodiaphenesin hypnotics. What? I don't even like the word hypnotic entering into my exactly, body. Exactly, But now, the, the fantastic thing about these pills, Shadow, is they, in um, December 2012, they did a study of all the leading brands of sleeping pills that people swear by, and they can't sleep without them. And so they put them through various sleep trials. They took people, a lot of people, thousands of people, into the sleep laboratory, and they gave them either a sleeping pill or a sugar pill. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody knew what was what. And then, so when you come up, these are called the um, crossover double-blind placebo trials. Okay. It's a real yakety-yak that peer-reviewed literature, another yakety-yak, insists on to test out a drug. Then they test the drug to see if it performs better than the, the, the very um, sugar tablet, right? And in the case of depression, for instance, the antidepressants people took, they found that the sugar pills worked the case of 90% as well as a drug. Mm. That's scary, eh? And now with sleep, they find it works to the effect of 50%. So mm. it's a 50-50 chance that it's because you think the pill is going to work rather than that the pill is chemically working in you to make you sleep. And all this information you say is available on your on your Yes, the, the references, I've, 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 I've logged into scientific references because I wrote uh, most of my sleep articles before the year 2012 maybe one or two after that, but I didn't realize that they'd done this study mm-hmm. to say that the SIBO effect is 50% as good as a sleeping pill. I mean, that's scary, hey? That's how powerful you are yourself. So you can take a sleeping pill tonight, although you don't believe in pills, it won't work. Do you know if they give you a sleeping pill, a genuine sleeping pill, and you say it's not going to work, it won't work. And that is what we call the no SIBO effect. No SIBO. No, in over placebo effect. Yeah. Okay. So I think. So, so it's it's it all in the, in the head. head. It's all in the mind, Sue. It's the mind. It's the quantum. It's it's the Dr. Deepak aspect, and and that cortisol. As I said, if you take a pill to try and push down the cortisol, you haven't resolved your issue. So it's going to wake you up again, and it's going to remind you, "Hey, Shadow, you forgot to do this." Mm, mm, so take it's another one. Yeah. So so why take the sleeping pill? And I was very amused. I listened to a lecture by um, an elderly Cape Town doctor, very, very good man, a proper family doctor. And he gave this talk on sleep and he said, I tell my patients I'm going to prescribe them the most potent sleeping pill. And he gives them this jar and he says, now every night you take a pill out the jar and you put it next to your glass of water and you go to sleep. Then he says, in the morning, you put the pill back in the bottle. And he said his patients slept. You see, they trust him. It's wow. the white, what I call the white jacket effect. Wow. So and you yeah, we... are your own white jacket doctor to your body. It's got to trust you and you've got to trust it. And it's, it's within that area of trust that we're getting to the, the, the true nitty gritty of how you sleep. Can you trust yourself to feel well and relaxed and refreshed and happy? On two hours sleep or six hours sleep. Now, the way to prove that to yourself is take the clock away. So, I, I just wonder, though, we, if, if you've done all of these wonderful things to prepare for your sleep, you've done the prayer, you've handed over to the big computer, you've had your bath, you've got wonderful sheets, 
uh, and you're comfortable and hopefully husband is there. Um, no, sometimes they snore and they fart. It doesn't help <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay, but you know you have never been woken up. <laughs> I've never. Sorry, I can't oh, share indeed. your experience. <laughs> I can't share your experience. Sorry, but now you you wake up. Nature calls in the middle of the night, and yes. and then you can't get back to sleep. Yeah, that is a common one. That's one of my my troubleshooters. Um, the thing is, you voided your bladder, but your bladder may be in a in a spasm, and this is a, a terrible thing about having a wee. Mm. Don't have it and come back to sleep. So what? Now you've got an empty blood, you can go back to sleep. Why has it got to be an issue that, oh, I'm so scared I'm going to pee tonight, that's why I can't sleep. No, but you've switched the light on, so you've... No, no, you must not. You see, the, the, that, is the, that is the trick now. You've got to learn to do it in, your, in the dark. Ah. Or take a tiny LED, you know, one of these silly little lucky packet torches, just to see your way there and back. But if you switch on the light and your pineal gland isn't trusting you, it's going to think, oh, it's daybreak. And then your melatonin is going to go for a loop. So if you're going to sleep in the dark and you're going to try and now emulate a natural sleep cycle, it's better to try and just trot around in the dark. You know, in the old days, they used to have the chamber party. (laughs) (laughs) But ideally, your bladder should be able to hold up for the whole sleep cycle and if it's not um, I have a very nasty thing to say and that is people who are prone to be intolerant of wheat it causes the bladder to go into a spasm and so it can't hold enough liquid if you're wheat intolerant yeah it causes a bladder spasm and in many cases of children wetting the bed it's because the, the parent makes them void the bladder at night but during the night, it can't hold enough until the morning. Mm-hmm. And then the poor kid gets traumatized. And actually, that post-traumatic loop stays with them as adults. And, and so the whole go to the bathroom thing, and I'm, I'd better go to the bathroom in case I wet my bed, and I'm so scared if I wet my bed, actually has to then be dealt with at a psychological or a meditational or EFT, no emotional freedom technique. Those, those, re- those regression, past life with, regression um Mm. Um, kind of treatments. Yeah, it, 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 it's part of the whole quantum level. And if there's, if there's a, a, a trigger or something there that's, that's upsetting you, it, it will come down at the grosser level and manifest as something that's going to stress you and push the cortisol up and chuck out your melatonin. It, it's a sleep disruptor. You can just call those things sleep disruptors. Mm. So the going to bathroom routine, especially for men with prostate issues and that, um, I can specifically deal with those. I am an agony on, online at the Nature Fresh website, and I'm very happy to deal one-on-one with people. I do it all the time. So, so, so we can help with any of those sleep disruptors. I think there's something we can do about them. But, you know, it's like Henry Ford. He said there's two types of people. There's the ones who say they can, and there's the ones who say they can't. And they're both right. <laughs> they are. So tell me... Um, what are there any foods that would induce sleep or foods you should stay away from before you go to bed um there are but you know it's more about being worried about those 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 foods and before you know it you'll make a self-fulfilled prophecy about i'd love to drink milk but milk is liquid and therefore it's going to fill my bladder and then it's going Mm. to wake up and it's going to make Mm. because the toilet Mm. there are sleep inducing things there are things that provide more tryptophan than others and there are even supplements that can help you make serotonin and melatonin and tryptophan. Most of them have now been put off the market and have to be prescribed as drugs. But 
But natural foods, there are comfort foods. They would be the ones you like. Mm-hmm. As you said, the ones to avoid are anything that's too sugary. Um, I'm not going to mention the CH word. <laughs> but if you eat too much sugar and your pancreas is a bit jumpy, that's another fault I have with mine. I'm prone to hyperglycemia, you know, low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So if you eat too much sugar at night and then your insulin comes to mop up the sugar and it actually attacks your levels of blood sugar, then you wake up with a shock. Up comes cortisol and says, Hoi, something's stealing my blood sugar. It tries to raise the blood sugar. And if it can't, it says, Shadow, go to the fridge, mm-hmm. open the fridge, mm-hmm. where's the ice cream? Mm-hmm. And it's actually your body just trying to compensate because you had something too sweet too late at night. So they generally recommend milk, milk and honey, or milk and honey plus whiskey. <laughs> something that's soothing, but something you like. Maybe about- chamomile tea, hops all those herbs they do help with sleep so where does love making help here um well it can make you feel good and relaxed it lets off endorphins and um hopefully you go to, you fall asleep with a smile do, on your you face you do fall asleep with a smile in your face <laughs> <laughs> it, it it generates oxytocin and i think that is one of the reasons that sex and cuddling make you want to go to sleep because oxytocin is a hormone that a mother gives to the child when she's breastfeeding or has it close. It's called the hug trust hormone. So it's not so much going into the full act of pornography that you need. <laughs> it's just a case of hugging. And if you're on your own, you can take a pillow and you can hug it to yourself and you can pat your hands together on the other side hmm. and you can rock yourself and you can hum. And that generates oxytocin, the trust hormone. Yeah. And it's about attitude. We, you know, I can't say to you, Shadow, you must trust yourself. Mm. But that is, is something that you can do to enhance the trust hormone in your body. Darling, now listen, um, give us that website the link to go to and uh, where people can find your article and read it in depth because we went here then everywhere. Um, we did. And... Um, it's fully set up in the troubleshooters, but um, at any time we let, we will give you a quick quick rundown on how to prep for sleep. Our website is um, www.naturefresh, one word, mm-hmm. as in Mother Nature and Fresh, mm-hmm. one word, okay. And what do we look for? You scroll down to our Facebook page. Okay. And there my latest entry is Sue and her shadow. <laughs> now, I've mentioned the, the interview there and that we're talking about sleep. I've mentioned the points she wished to discuss with me, which we're not always very good at sticking to schedule. No, we, we, we don't. We don't. Have a lovely I, time. <laughs> I, I, I always um, get inspired to ask other things. So. No, but that's correct. You, you, you're intuitive. And I think you ask on behalf of a lot of listeners who, who really say, yeah, yeah, go shadow. That's a problem too. <laughs> Sue and her shadow. Okay. <laughs> on Facebook. You take care, darling. Thank you so much for your insights, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yes, and sweet dreams. If not, send me an email, and um, I will sort you out. I'll probably call you on the phone and go, I, can't, I can't sleep. <laughs> can. It's, no, it's not I can't sleep. It's Shadow's um, ego that can't sleep. Shadow wants to sleep. Oh, oh my ego. Okay, that's very interesting. No, we'll, the we'll egos talk- are hyperactive, and they need to be hit with a sledgehammer, and you can sleep We'll really talk well. about the ego next time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, hey. right. Take care, Bye. Sue. Bye-bye.
that's Sue Fisser, health researcher, writer, foodie and product developer for Nature Fresh. And the website is www.naturefresh.co.za.